Hello, I'm Carlos, and you're listening to Going Vegan. Welcome to the Going Vegan show. I'm Anthony, and as you've heard, today we're joined by Carlos, who's going to talk us through his vegan journey. Now, a lot of people will say that they don't feel like they could ever become vegan because of their cultural background or foods that are central to their way of life that contain animal products. Well, Carlos is proof that that doesn't need to get in your way. Really interesting conversation. Carlos is really well spoken. You're going to love listening to his story. So sit back and relax this conversation with Carlos. Carlos, thank you so much for your time. I'm really, really grateful that you've you've given us your time to to come on the Going Vegan show today. And we don't know each other at all, so this is this is going to be fascinating to glean an insight into your vegan journey. Let's go back as far as you want to go. Then, what's the first sign that that you can detect that you might have been interested in veganism or animal rights or abstaining from using animal products what's the very first sign that that was maybe part of your life or, or might be one day mm, well i'm 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 fully vegan now and i've been fully vegan for uh, over 10 years by now but i was a vegetarian first and um i would say that the reason i mean uh, it was always like on the back of my mind that i was doing something wrong but it seemed completely impossible. Uh, we're talking in the 2000s, by the way. It seemed completely impossible going uh, vegan or even vegetarian at the time because there was so little choice and so little options. And it just felt uh, kind of an insurmountable obstacle to do it, um, which I now recognize as being very lazy and very, uh, you know, not not engaged enough with my principles and values. But at the time, it, it that's what it felt. And, you know, I can only uh, apologize by continuing to be vegan. Anyway, <laughs> I was working for uh, for one of the big tech companies in London, and um, they had uh, free food in-house. In fact, they're famous for that, this company. And um, they always had a vegan, uh, sorry, a, ve- a vegetarian option that was always there. Uh, so this was free. You know, you went to the cafeteria, you picked your lunch. There were always vegetarian option. And I started out of curiosity eating the vegetarian option. It got to a point, you know, where it was basically, okay, I only eat vegetarian while at work. When I go home, I mostly eat vegetarian. I might as well just go vegetarian, full stop. And I did that on the 1st of January uh, 2010. So this was before Veganuary, but it was sort of a New Year's resolution. No, I mean, it was completely New Year's resolution. Uh, All my uh, peers... Uh, you know, doubted that I was going to stick with it. But, you know, here we are, I guess. And and then I kind of escalated that by going, you know, by becoming a vegan. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask then, Carlos, because this, this is fascinating, because there's a lot of parallels there with, with my own journey in terms of coming to vegetarianism. Slight difference in that I, I it was when I went to university and I was really grossed out by the meat options. So I started mm-hmm. lying and saying I was vegetarian at the, at the cafeteria. <laughs> but that, yeah, it, it kind of started in that that one location. What was it that was drawing you to, to do that? Was it was it ethics or just the what the food looked like? Or what, what made you choose the vegetarian option at work? I think it was curiosity. 
but I think I had become a vegetarian and a vegan way before I actually uh, started acting on it. I think my mind had made up that that uh, decision. It's just that it took my actual actions to catch up to what what I had decided already. Uh, and then it would have been animal animal ethics for sure. Yeah, and and so is it kind of like the the practicalities had to catch up or had to be in place for for those those morals to be translated into actions? Is that that's what I'm hearing? Yes, and also um, a sort of laziness of changing my ways. Uh, in the same way that I don't know, if somebody is giving up smoking, they might really want to give up smoking, but they just have, for example. Uh, this habit of when they're getting stressed at work, they step outside to smoke a cigarette, right? Yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, this kind of removing this function or this habit from their lives is 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 perhaps much harder than stopping smoking. And and in my case, it was, I had all this, you know, all the recipes I knew used meat or, or dairy or eggs uh, and, um you know, kind of all the the restaurants I knew and recommended, and all the dishes I like. You know, all kind of the every I had built my uh, say diet completely around being uh, an omnivore. It was just kind of laziness, a mix of laziness and and fear of change, which a lot of people have, I guess. And I I certainly used to have a lot of it. You're you're being very reflective and also uh, you know very self critical, which I th- I think is is good to do sometimes, isn't it? But you know. Judgment yeah, here, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to jump the gun here a bit, but uh, I actually do uh, vegan outreach uh, in the streets of in the streets in the filthy streets of London. No, they're they're actually quite clean, um, and there are lots of vegan options on those on those streets of London. Actually, uh, yeah. no, I, I do outreach, so I'm used to hearing people uh, make arguments for not going vegan. That that before I could engage with those people, you know, kind of real life people there telling me they will never go vegan, I had to do a lot of self reflection so I could fight those arguments in myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's I think where the self reflection comes from. Yeah. Well, very very sensible thing to do too. So let's pick the journey back up then. So as far as I've understood it, first of January 2010, New Year's resolution is not just to be vegetarian at work, but to try and translate that to, to all areas of your life. I've got that correct so far, yeah? Yeah, I, I should also say that I'm a very extreme person when it comes to resolutions. <laughs> so so in my head, there was no trying. It was, I'm a vegetarian, that's it. I'll be a vegetarian until I die. And if I'm not, I'll be, I'll beat myself up every day until I go back to being a vegetarian. So I, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm that, that's a bit how kind of how I my brain works yeah. and um so when I became a vegetarian that was it maybe that's why it took so, so long because I knew once I had taken that step I could never I would never allow myself to break it yeah which is, I understand, I understand. Yeah. so so come on we, we shouldn't get too sidetracked but give us give us some um, give us a few more resolutions that you've made that you've you've uh, been really <laughs> ardent and steadfast at well I've I've gone teetotal this year oh wow great yeah, so I was already pretty much not drinking barely anything, really. So I just yeah, said, yeah. ah, just, uh, just, 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 you know, si- sign it. Just sign, just sign your name in the teetotal list, and uh, be <laughs> done. Just be done with it. Just stop pretending that you you, you drink sometimes because yeah. you don't. Yeah. Wow. But okay. but, but it's hard when you, when you make resolutions like this. It's hard to make them because then you, I, I knew on that first day of, of 2010, I knew. That was it, you know. Yes. I, I would not. I mean, and and I can. You look. I was. Um, 
I was a meat eater for what, 33 years, 33, 33 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that means, um, you know, I had accumulated a lot of good memories of, uh, non-vegetarian, non-vegan food. Mm. And, and then to make that call just to go, okay, I will never have like my beloved X, Y, Z dishes. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. So come on then, let's pick up the journey from, from there to, Mm deciding that veganism was something that yeah. would be part of your life. How did that go? Yeah. So around that time, I adopted a dog <laughs> from a from a rescue. So you can see that kind of this idea about animal rights and doing kind of the right thing with animals was already kind of taken hold in several aspects of my life. Yeah. And um, so I adopted this dog from a rescue. And it, I, I, I had had a dog before. But I never had the kind of relationship with the dog that I've had with this dog in particular, who um, who was pretty much like a, a a a human a human child in a dog suit. So they were <laughs> they were you know we, we had like a, a tremendous bond. And um, at the time, you know, because I, I was working and coming to London to work, etc., so I needed to get a, a dog walker. And uh, and this dog walker happened to be a vegan, and she had she's one of those lucky people who've been a vegan since they were a teenagers oh wow uh so she was um you know she was she was pretty much a, a hardcore vegan i mean i shouldn't say hardcore vegan because then i'm a hardcore vegan too um <laughs> and uh, aren't we all uh, vegans <laughs> hardcore in a way i mean i've seen from outside yeah yeah quite extreme and um so yeah so she was a hardcore vegan and and she knew was i was a vegetarian and every time she talked to me she kept pushing <laughs> this vegan idea she was really annoying and um but I, I, I knew she was right, right? I knew, I knew ultimately she was right. And, um, and she kept stressing this idea that there was nothing different about the animals I was, uh, in this case, exploiting, in, in this case, for the, uh, as part of the dairy industry, as part of the egg industry. There was not, no difference in their capacity for suffering for those animals compared to this dog I loved so much, which I had totally made part of my family and which yeah. I consider to be like a, a human in some ways. So Did she, she yeah. picked you out as somebody that's like receptive to the message or was she doing that to all her clients? <laughs> I, I think she picked me out because I was already vegetarian and, and you know, she kept sending me vegan propaganda <laughs> and I, I kept kind of, I did watch things which I, um, these days I would not watch again unless I have to. Yeah. Um, but after a while, there was, you know, it, 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 you know, the there was so much pressure, and 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 then the flood, flood the floodgates just opened, and then it was okay. Now I'm a vegan. Now I'm an activist. You know, and I'm now I'm the annoying vegan. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I should say like when I when I became a vegetarian, I I didn't have any single family member or acquaintance who were vegetarians, for example. So that made it harder, I think. Yes. Um. Yeah. And later when I became a vegan, she was the only vegan I knew. Yes. So yeah, which which made it easier in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you're deciding to become vegan, is that just a one day you're saying, right, today's the day then, or something that you're thinking, okay, I think this might be something I need to do. I'm going to need to build up to this. How did that happen? Uh, I think, we, uh, well, vegetarianism was a New Year's Day resolution. And as I told you, I've I've got a very kind of determined, let's call it determined personality, where if I decide I'm going to do something, I do it. Mm-hmm. And um, But with veganism, it was more, 
I started avoiding dairy. I started buying plant-based milks. I started avoiding buying leather leather items or other kind of obvious animal product items. And then one day I just said, oh, I'm, I'm a vegan now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, been a vegan, I've been a vegan for a few months and I didn't even kind of make that resolution. It was just kind of, I just went, okay, let's face it. You know, you're a vegan now. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. look in the mirror one day and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You wake up in the morning and you, and you, you, you want, you one of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so does that in a sense mean that there's more time to, a, to adjust to it and there's kind of less trepidation and less fear than if you're kind of saying, right, I'm going to do it on this day. Then you've kind of got time to build up fear and worries about some of the negatives or or did you still have those those concerns about what it might be like or things that could go wrong or what people might say i think by the time i recognized myself as being a vegan i had already left all those fears behind i was ready mm -hmm. i was ready i mean i i, I know there's a lot of look i, I want to spread the vegan messages far and wide as possible and i told you i do vegan outreach so i'm trying to multiply the number of vegans in the world but at the same time, I have no illusions. It's much easier not being a vegan. You know, life, yeah. life. I mean, if if your conscious can consciousness can can support it, of course. Yeah. Because um, because right now it would be impossible. I mean, it would be terrible for me and uh, very costly in mental terms and psychological terms to not be vegan. Yes. But if 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 someone has no qualms about not being a vegan, then life is definitely much easier. Uh, so I have no illusions uh, about that. But um, yeah, uh, in my mind, uh, there was no turning back uh, by yeah. then. Yeah. Can Can I ask you? You said by the time you went vegan, like those those fears and and worries um, had had more or less gone. What were those worries? I mean, you've spoken there about practicalities. Were Were there other concerns or or things that you had a bit of trepidation about? Well, at the time, I I was with a partner. And um, she jumped from being an omnivore to being a vegan straight away. Wow! And I, um, I had some reservations if she could, uh, if she could make that jump because she was definitely far more fond of some animal products than I ever was. Yeah. Uh, eventually, she did go back to being a what's it called, pescatarian. Yeah. Which uh, to me is kind of a, a bit of a nonsense term, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a non-vegan to me, just just vegans and non-vegans, and uh, yeah. yeah. So she she did go back because I don't think she had the the right kind of motivation to go vegan. So one of my fears at the time was that she was going to go vegan, and then that would make our household a vegan household where we make our all of our purchases and where we spend our money and the decisions we make related to veganism and and to kind of that those ethics. And then I was afraid. I was. I was. I actually was afraid she would go back, and then that would be a huge disruptor in our relationship as well. And mm. that did prove to be true. Yeah, it's it's like you like you say. Aside from the the sense of moral justice that we can derive from knowing that we're living our life in the most compassionate and, and harm free mm -hmm. way, actually being vegan in twenty twenty four is not straightforward and there's all manner of of difficulties and you know people will often on the surface look at practical difficulties maybe health things like that but those social social challenges are huge 
aren't they? Or they, they certainly can be. If, if you're living in a vegan commune, then maybe it's not <laughs> a problem. But actually, yeah. for most of us, those those social challenges are, are real, aren't they? And it's, it's important to address them. Yeah, I'll give you um, a perfect example of that. Uh, so obviously, I'm, a, you know, vegan, do activism. I, um, you know, I to me, the, I, I would turn the world vegan if I could. Uh, I'm certainly trying one mm-hmm. uh, one conversation at a time, I guess. Yeah. But um, and you know, coming on this podcast and trying to contribute to vegan awareness. But for example, I went to I started a new job in September, and I went to Geneva as part of this new job, like for a week. Uh, it was a remote job, so I would stay in London, but I had to do like that first week. And I went there, and the whole team was there, like this whole HR team that we that was part of. And there were maybe 15 of us. Would you believe that in in those 15, no, uh, n- n- there was nobody who had even met a vegan before in their lives? <laughs> you were like an exhibit. Yeah, yeah. So I felt like, uh, well, freak's not the right word, but I felt, I, I felt that there, there wasn't even like a basis of conversation to be had about that. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, went, it went way beyond... Way beyond, okay, let's book a restaurant where Carlos can actually eat something. He mm. went way beyond that. You know, it was kind of a, a just the the, the 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 grounding of the ethics was it, there wasn't even like a common ground that I could explain it with. Yeah, it yeah. was re- really odd. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, and- yeah, so to, to even sorry, even twenty twenty four. So it, it's still very hard. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, and um, we can get used to our immediate surroundings, whether that's our, our family, our our workplace, our social circles, in in the one geographical location that we're at. We can get used to that, but just make a slight shift at all, and it can be completely different in the next town, a different a different friendship group or whatever, can't it? I mean, you touched on that earlier, Carlos, and you said that. I feel like you said that when you decided to become vegetarian, there was nobody around you in in a similar situation. Whereas when you made the vegan transition, there's a few more. I don't know. There's there's people or there's there's people you know or, or what what difference do you think it makes to to kind of how vegan ready you are from your experience to have at least one other person that you can relate to, chat to vent to uh i think it's super important uh i almost feel like uh we we should have like a a vegan buddy system like they have in Mm -hmm. let's say the 12-step program (laughs) yeah yeah where you have like a you know like a sort of accountability partner or i don't know what what the term they use in 12-step program but sort of a mentor perhaps you know Mm. uh somebody that you can um ask questions or um vent one thing i find very funny, actually, because you know, as vegans aren't just kind of this door, door, very door personalities of very gloomy personalities, always concerned about all the suffering in the world and whatnot. I think there's some very funny stuff about being a vegan, and to me, one of the funniest is when people uh, think I'm like the uh, like a vegan priest. <laughs> and what I what do I mean by this is like you you know you go to like for example when I was in Geneva right so I you know we're at the dinner table there's like fifteen of us I'm the only vegan and then everybody feels compelled to confess their sins right <laughs> that's what I mean by the vegan priest you know they come to me and say oh I would go vegan but I have this 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 and this problem <laughs> uh, I would go vegan but my children really like meat. 
or I would go vegan, but um, I have this condition that I can't go vegan. Or I would go vegan, but, you know, I'm Greek and we <laughs> eat a lot of meat in Greece. It, it, it's, it's like being a, a priest, you know, they, they all come yeah. to you to confess your sins, which I find absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I didn't ask, you know, <laughs> I didn't ask. I'm, yeah. I'm, just sit, I'm just sitting there having my vegan option and yeah. chatting about other stuff. It's, yeah. they, it's they who feel, I, I think they feel guilty ultimately. Right? Yes, I think that's that's probably a big part of it for a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah. But so the, 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 this mentor thing would be great because the mentor could say, "It's all right, son. It's all right, daughter. You can. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all right, sister. You know, you 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 ate uh, you ate uh, a Greek yogurt with dairy in it by mistake. Tomorrow is another day. You can go vegan tomorrow again. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, if we can, I know that that uh, a vegetarian transition is different in, in, in several ways, but you've experienced that transition without that buddy or mentor to, to go vegetarian. What helped you get through that? Because that, that was, though it was vegetarian, it was nonetheless a successful transition, but you didn't have anyone around you as a mentor or a buddy or what have you. So what, what helped there? I think being stubborn and... Um... Because I, I had told like everybody I knew I was going to go vegetarian. And then I, whenever I felt like I wanted to go back, and look, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of things like smoked salmon, for example. Mm. Uh, which these days, actually, there's a very, very good vegan option from a, a yeah, squeaky, yeah. squeaky bean. Yeah, but, yeah, I've seen it in the shops this week. Yeah, but, but back then there, there wasn't. So I, every time I thought about breaking the vegetarianism, I thought about all those people I told I was going to go vegetarian and they said I couldn't make it. And then I thought, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong. I yeah, will yeah. continue to be vegetarian. It doesn't matter that nobody's, nobody's eat, nobody's checking what I'm eating in the, in the privacy of my kitchen. It doesn't matter. You know, I know if I, if I have gone, if I failed, so I'm going to prove them wrong. And um, yeah, yeah. So that kind like of stubbornness, I guess. Yeah, well, it's like a peer accountability, isn't it? Really, that you're mm -hmm. you're giving yourself there. It's very yeah very clever. So, what was then the reaction of those around you when you've when you've said that you're going to to make these changes? I mean, fo focus on veganism if if you can, but if you want to use examples from vegetarianism, then go, go for it too. I think most people just want to know why, because it, to them it sounds like a a huge uh, a huge punishment I was doing to myself. <laughs> uh, you know, like, oh, you're going vegan, but why? You know, why, why, why would you do that to yourself? You know, you, you're restricting your options. You're making your life harder. Why would you do that? You know, life's hard enough already. Why are you making it even harder on yourself? So uh, most of the questions were around that, I think, why I was doing it. And what's, what's your response to that? I don't mean what do you say to them as a response to that question, but like, how do you feel when you're getting these questions? Because for some people, it can be really irritating. Um, I, I think those, when you get those questions, I think it's always a good opportunity to do a bit of vegan propaganda itself. <laughs> because it's, it, essentially people are asking you, why have you gone vegan? Which also means, why should I go vegan? Mm -hmm. Or why should I even put that option in the kind of, realm of possibilities of my life yeah so I, I like to have uh good replies for that so i could say for example look the world is uh you know there's a lot of stuff going wrong uh, you know bad in the world a lot of evil in the world and and suffering a lot of animal suffering there's a lot of animal suffering we can do very little about 
like for example, and this I think is a huge blind spot for vegans, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, which is wild wild animal suffering. Yeah, you know, there's you know there's the animal there are the animals who live within our sphere of influence, and then there's lots of animals. Who, the majority of animals live completely outside of our sphere of influence, even though we affect their environments and and so on, but not always. Mm-hmm. And and I say, look, there's all you know, there's all this suffering in the world, you know, predation, starvation, you know, all all this things that cause cre- you know sentient creatures to suffer but and and we and we can't do anything about it right and then there's all this human suffering we can't do anything about it you know we can protest but some you know often it does nothing and there's even things we don't we know not we, we don't even know what's going on but within the small realm of things we can affect in the world this is one thing we can affect right yes. and, and 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 if we can you know uh, deprive ourselves a little bit to remove this evil and suffering from the world, and this is within the, our grasp, within what we can do, we should do it. Mm. That 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 to me is 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 what kind of got me over the line into ve- veganism and what I tell people. No, I like that. I really, really like that. We, uh, it, it's it's so easy to feel impotent about all the evil in the world and 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 suffering and things that go badly for people and animals, and and we have so little say in those things, but. For the for the animal that was butchered to be put on my plate, I can say something about it. I can do something about it that will have an immediate impact, and 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 therefore I should do it. I mean, to me that that's kind of black and white, as black yeah. and white as this world can get. No, I, I like that, and I I, I think um, I think there's a lot of similarities between how I I view things as well. There, it's nice nice tangible. Uh, thing to wrestle with really isn't it in terms of when you've been vegan for for a little while whether it's a few weeks few months few years you choose but what surprised you about the experience because i'd i'd be astounded if it's gone exactly as you thought it would have done no absolutely not i'll i'll I'll, yeah things that surprised me um it surprised me how easy it is in the end and to have this kind of moral codes you use for your actions and when I say easy, I don't mean, oh, I really want sausages, and now there's so many varieties of sausage. I mean, like as a day-to-day thing, you know, that kind of guides your actions. I, I found it. I find it. Well, maybe it's because I've, I'm biased because I've been I've, I've been for so long. But that, that's a, that's a reality that I think in in the in the moment of somebody making that switch understandably people can't see very far into the future when they're faced with a a change in yeah. their lifestyle but the reality is i i'm pretty much sure that every vegan i know who's been vegan past a, f- a few years gets to a point where it becomes harder to not be vegan it's just it's uh-huh. just autopilot yeah yeah it'd be very strange it'd be much harder to not be vegan because i don't have to shift all these reactions i have in my brain to certain things uh, I'll, I'll tell you something that's surprising I'm, I'm surprised how how fun how much fun cooking is <laughs> yeah and uh and how almost anything can be made to be tasty if you learn how to properly prepare it and cook it and how much variety the the there is in terms of vegetables and fruits and legumes and uh, pulses and and so on Honestly, I, I was surprised, and th- there were things I would never tried, or I kind of only tried when they were mixed, chopped, and mixed into s- other things, uh, like <laughs> cauliflower, for example. You know, I, that was that was not on my radar of vegetables or cabbage. Yeah. Um, but you know, the human history has like a, a thousand and one ways to cook cabbage. 
Mm. Um, and um, and it's and, and to me that that was kind of a a realm of possibilities again opened instead of in so my world instead of becoming smaller it became bigger I think yeah with veganism yeah and yeah. and I'll tell you another surprising thing the camaraderie and friendship between vegans it's great yeah yeah what where where do you think that comes from why is that are we just really nice people <laughs> well there's a there's a common ground of kindness and consideration and I've well, knock on wood, but I've rarely not got along with a vegan. And because on on some level, you both believe in something that is, and I'm going to say it because it's a vegan podcast, that is good. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. both believe on something that is good. You have some principles and those principles are absolutely sound. I have no doubts about them. And yeah. uh, if, I'm a, if I'm in a strange city and I find a local vegan restaurant or vegan hangout place you know what i mean and i go there i know i can start talking with anybody in that place mm. and i'm gonna make at least one friend that day yes uh, i'm 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 it, it this is proven to be correct every single time and yeah. and it's never failed me you know and 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 i, I don't think meat eaters can say the same <laughs> yeah 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 you're, you're you're probably right there yeah you're probably right um just to talk I, I don't know, maybe a, a bit more superficially or, or practically. Um, what sort of top tips would you give to somebody? Just like quick things that you've learnt or from your experience, either yourself or from your observation of other people making a vegan transition or deciding that that's the lifestyle they want. What what like quick tips could you you just dish out to somebody from from your own or others' experience? If you even if you believe you are in an area with no vegans, you're probably wrong. Mm -hmm. You're probably in an area with a bunch of vegans who all think they're the only vegan in the village. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I would say if you're in an area where there's like, where there are like no vegan meetups, uh, start organizing them and they will come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This doesn't apply so much to me because I'm kind of just outside London. So I have uh, lots of kind of vegan people around me i guess yeah uh, and and a few esta- you know establishments and places where you can hang out and i do go into london for vegan meetups but i would say kind of get vegan friends you know vegans uh vegans are interested in in there being more vegans in the world because that that makes what they're doing even more efi- more effective in terms of changing the world mm. uh so if, if you go to a let's say a vegan meetup you find a vegan meetup you show up and maybe you're feeling self-conscious. You're like, okay, but I ate a steak last night or whatever, mm. or you know, uh, bacon for in this morning. And you're feeling, you if you're transitioning, you might be feeling self-conscious about those things. But if you go there and you say, look, I'm, I'm thinking of going vegan, and I just wanted to, you know, to meet a few vegans and ask for tips. And so, look, that that person is going to get a really uh, well, a warm uh, welcome. Yes, to the community. And uh, you know, people might judge you. They might not judge you. It doesn't matter. Effectively, what they will try to do is try to make a transition as easy as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so, so that's my top tip. The other top tip would be uh, learn how to cook. Yes. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a good thing to know anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, that, that's a good kind of general becoming an adult kind of tip. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just learn how to cook because often you'll... Um, you know, you you might be in the supermarket and you might see something exotic in the produce section you've never seen before, and you might go, "Okay, I want to give this a go." Right? And um, if you were perhaps a, an omnivore, you might go, "Oh, but there's all this other stuff in the supermarket I can buy." But 
when you're kind of in a vegan mindset, you're kind of looking for these kind of expanding your horizons, which you might think are small because they're you know you've excluded so much from your diet, right? Mm. And then you you look you 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 know you you find like a vegetable you never cooked before, and you go, okay, I, I want to give this a go, you know. And that you know who knows maybe that that will be a big revelation. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Keep, keeping an open mind is, uh, is yeah. crucial, I think, isn't it? Well, it, it leads to many opportunities. Um, in terms of times when your veganism in, has been challenged or your resolve has been challenged or it's been harder to be vegan in certain situations for you, what, like, what have those situations been? Like, for example, for me, it's never the smell of bacon or or the thought of a cheese pizza or any anything like that it's it's social situations where i don't want to offend somebody who's offered me something they've they've made for example that is is what in the early days challenged my veganism and on a couple of occasions i would i would just eat it because out of embarrassment what have been the the biggest challenges for you in, individually um it's a good question um well, I've definitely been in in um, in social situations where you know. So I'm 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 Portuguese. I I was born in Portugal and I came to the UK in 2006. So for me, grilled fish is is something that's always been part of my life. You know, it's like a mm. like a staple food, which is kind of probably inconceivable for most Brits <laughs> um, to grill fish and then kind of pick apart the bones and the skin and all that stuff. Um, but uh, you know, that's that's kind of how I. Grew up and 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 I certainly kind of when I gone back to Portugal, it's much better now. But um, in the early days of going back to Portugal, you know, people would invite me because they hadn't seen me for a year or two years. They would invite me to their house and they would be having like a barbecue, and they would not have taken me into account. Yes, and were literally making my favorite food <laughs> <laughs> from back in the day, and I was hungry. And you know, you you you. you we are we are not ourselves when we're hungry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so those situations are hard, and then of course the, the other situation are those items which are very hard to shop still for a vegan option. Which and this is because to me veganism is something that we can fail and then we can come back. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know it doesn't mean we didn't we went vegan for an hour off off veganism for an hour and then back. It's just veganism is. It has a lot of failure in my, in my view, and then mm. you know it's failure, but then coming back and, and coming back. You know, for example, try buying a vegan car. It's really hard because yeah. somewhere some there's a, a leather there's leather being used for something. It might not be the seats. It might be the fast the thing that fastens the seat belts, or you know, or some other bit under the the chassis or whatever you know, mm. it, or some glue used somewhere. Yeah. Uh, th- those things are, are are kind of really really difficult. And uh, for example, I, I play electric guitar, and uh, now there are, there are quite a few options. But when I went vegan, there were no vegan uh, straps for guitars. Yeah, if, if everything had at least that little piece of leather where it connects to the guitar with the hooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really really hard. Or getting like a decent vegan belt back in the day. You had those horrendous cork uh, mm. uh, ones. Yeah, uh, that didn't bend properly and kind of cracked when yeah. they got too dry. I mean, there's still quite lot, quite lots of things where it's hard to make a um, a good choice. Look, it's hard enough already, and sometimes you just need to to realize that um, you've you've tried everything you could to make a good choice, and sometimes you just have to to realize you're gonna be you're gonna contribute slightly to the exploitation. Yes, 
yeah. Uh, but but then but then you do that, and then immediately afterwards you're back on the hardcore veganism. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's not a vegan world yet, is it? So uh, that's, yeah, that's going to be an occupational hazard. I feel like we've. I'm really enjoying this conversation. I feel like we're going to lots of areas that the other other interviews we've had we we haven't gone into. I'm still going to ask this question. What sure. what is it that you think that in terms of supporting people? becoming vegan and staying vegan that there's there's lots of resources out there that are really helpful so it's veganuary at the moment so you go on veganuary's website loads of recipes loads you know there's lots of support in many ways but there's also cracks in the provision and in the support that we're able to provide either new vegans or people who've been vegan a long time things that we don't talk about or we don't give enough support to currently in the vegan movement what what would you say from your point of view are those um blind spots for us at the moment good question i think we can still keep building the story around veganism more and more and more i i think it does get diluted i think i think for example things like health uh fair enough look in general vegans are healthier than than people who eat a very diet but I've been around nutrition for long enough that I, I could be as healthy as a, an omnivore as I am as a vegan, right? Yeah. I, I know enough about nutrition and, and such things. And I, I think the, the story needs to, to be told more around animal exploitation. It just needs to be repeated more uh, in animal suffering. I think that's the, the main story. And I think that story needs to be repeated and also the other story, which is the one I was talking about now, the story that veganism is a journey full of failure, which which doesn't mean that you stop being a vegan doesn't mean you you, you can't go back to being a vegan or you you know you you can just keep going. I, I think just kind of building those narratives and awareness around those narratives. Some of the vegan actions I see, they. Um, you know, they sometimes are, I, I think they're too provocative mm. and they're not compassionate enough. I think we should extend the compassion we show to animals as vegans. We should extend that compassion to the human animals who are not vegan mm. and uh, and treat them kindly and understand that some of them, some of them might already be on the journey, even though they might be eating a bacon sandwich right in front of you mm. um, or, you know, buying a leather purse in front of you. They they might already be on the journey. They just they just need to kind of uh, sure they can be challenged, but we we should we should be also compassionate towards them. Wise words you've spoken there. Thank you. A couple of questions to finish off. Then both slightly hypothetical. Do you think you would have found it easier if your vegan or vegetarian you choose journey started now in two thousand and four? Like, do you think it's easier? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why is that? Yes. Because there, there, there are just more vegans around, and there's uh, there are a lot more choices in terms of products and options. And I think instead of wondering about things like smoked salmon, will I ever eat smoked salmon again? I like the taste so much. <laughs> uh, I could have just gone, oh, there's a let me try this variant, and then yes. that would have made absolutely easier. I mean, it's easier now, and in two year, a year will be easier, and five years even easier, and ten years even easier. Yeah, and and so on and so forth. Although ultimately, uh, until the majority of the population is vegan, it will always be harder than not. 
Yes. Do you think there's anything that's harder now than when you went vegan? Only if you're the kind of person who wants to be part of a little exclusive club. (laughs) (laughs) You like to feel very special. You like to feel very, very special about being a vegan because now you might find that it's not so special and you might go to work or school or university and and there's like all these other vegans around and you might just go, oh, oh. Do you know, I it's, had not, that, it's not cool anymore. <laughs> I had that experience. I, I've, I've ran a vegan cafe in a vegan restaurant and um, that there, there was a little element when opening both that you would get some customers coming in who didn't quite know how to eat in a cafe or restaurant where they weren't the special ones anymore. They were kind of used <laughs> to having the special menu or that, you know, they needed to speak to the chef to get a special meal made for them. And yeah. you kind of had to say, yeah, we're all like that here, mate. You're not special anymore, I'm afraid. I'm really yeah. sorry. Okay, final question then for you, Carlos. Again, a, a hypothetical one. If you could go back to the start of your vegan journey and not necessarily do it all, all again, but go about it with your knowledge now, would you do anything differently? Only in the way I treat myself. I, I, I would tell myself to be kinder to myself, uh, you know, with the, with the failures and with the things that didn't go uh, so well. I, I would just tell, you're going to mess up. It's fine. It's fine. You're going to mess up. And then you recognize you messed up and then you do it correctly next time. That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing. Oh, oh, I would tell myself to get involved in vegan activism earlier. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us about the activism you do then, because there's a, there's a whole swathe of what is activism and what you know people regard as activism um, and it can be different for different people what's what do you engage with and why do you like it yeah so i do uh, the one i mentioned which is uh, vegan outreach mm-hmm. that's us in the middle of this in the streets two people or more stand up with screens holding screens and they show images of um, factory farming and other kind of uh, animal exploitation involving humans of course uh, humans doing the exploiting, and um, and then the others, uh, the others in the group, they hang around, and when we see that somebody is looking at those screens and being perhaps shocked by the images or reflecting on the images, we approach and we start the conversation using the what's it called the Socratic method of kind of asking questions and trying to lead people to the let's say the vegan conclusion mm-hmm. that. Uh, that uh, this is an exa- those are examples of exploitation that they're paying money for or contributing to in some fashion and that they could make the choice to not contribute to that. So it's basically just a conversation. Uh, in fact, I'm going to do it. Well, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but I'm going to do it this uh, Saturday. Yeah. So two days from the recording. Yeah. 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 So in, Le- in Leicester Square in London. So very lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> lots gosh. and lots of people. And, and yeah. how does that feel when you're doing that? Ah, it feels great. It feels great. Yeah. It feels great because we so often do things in our lives, which we're not completely sure of that they're contributing to a better world or not, or if we're just doing it because we get a paid in the end, or we feel, I don't know, proud of it or, or vain about it or something. But this thing, I'm absolutely sure I'm, if I can, if I sp- go there for four hours and I can plant a few seeds about veganism in a few heads. And if, you know, one of those people becomes a vegan, that's, you know, that's amazing. That would yeah. be amazing. You know, that's, that's literally thousands of animals saved. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, probably a much happier, more at peace 
human. Hopefully. So yeah. that's one, that's the, the softer side of the activism I do. And then um, I do direct action, let's call it. I, uh, I'm a hunt saboteur. Great. Um, so I sab with uh, North London hunt sabs, and we uh, try to monitor and disrupt fox hunting. Wow. Which I, I said the other was soft. This is hard because it involves uh, very cold weather, lots of mud covering like uh, between 15 and 25 kilometers in a day on foot, um, being abused by uh, hunt stewards and terrier men, often seeing horrendous things being done to animals in front of our very own eyes. Mm. You know, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I, I, I can't not do it. No, absolutely. And hopefully you're going to be joining us uh, on an episode of the pod to, to discuss this in a bit more detail too. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, fantastic. Cool. Carlos, it's been fabulous talking to you and, and, and listening to your vegan journey. It's Re- really really been been wonderful if we can i'd like to leave with a another 30 second hypothetical example we're going to imagine that we're in a lift and the lift door has just opened and someone who is doing veganuary right now has walked in and they're traveling to the third floor let's say so you've got 30 seconds in the lift with them and they've said oh carlos you, you you're vegan i i'm doing veganuary you've got 30 seconds in the lift with them what are you going to say uh, I'm going to say it's great that you're uh, uh, trying out Veganuary. Uh, I also became a vegan as a sort of a New Year's resolution in a way, and I've never gone back. I felt so much better physically, mentally, psychologically. It was like a huge relief for me, and I hope it feels like a huge relief for you as well. If you ever have any questions, any doubts, you need some reassurance or tips, here's my number, email, just my contact. Just Just reach out first before you panic or or you feel that uh, you can't do it because you definitely can. Awesome. Carlos, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Wow, that was great. I really enjoyed that conversation with Carlos. I hope you did too. If you want to hear more of Carlos's voice, he does have his own podcast called The Vegan Voidcast. Most of it is not vegan-centric, but his co-host is vegan too. Really great listening. I really enjoyed listening to that a couple of mornings ago, so we'll put a link in the show notes for that. He's also going to be featuring, we hope, on an episode of Vegan Talk in the very near future where we look at hunting and hunt sabbing and all of the crimes that go on against animals in the wild. So check your podcast feed for that. There's, of course, all the other episodes of Going Vegan. We've now got nine in the series. There's one more to come, plus another couple that are going to feature maybe in a few weeks' time. We're having a delay on on a couple of recordings, but they will be well worth listening to. If you've never heard Vegan Week, our news show, do check that out in the feed too. There's all sorts going on. I'm sure you'll find it. Anyway, until next time, take care.